I love the way the First Gen Lounge makes me feel. Because it creates a space where I belong. Where we're able to create community. The fact that it's a community. It's a safe place. It also gives me a place to understand different perspectives. The stories of these individuals prescribe transformational perspective. I receive encouragement, enlightenment, empowerment. And also serve as a catalyst to just keep going. Where we're able to be our true selves. I'm allowed to be an unapologetic first gen. And above all else, tell our story. And every episode is unique. I love it. I'm your host, Dr. Eve, and I'd like to welcome you to the First Gen Lounge. Hey, hey, before we jump into today's session, I'd like to take a moment to invite you to become a part of the First Gen Lounge family. I like to say that it's goodness beyond the podcast and where I share with you exclusive offers, resources to navigate life and entrepreneurship and event information. So when this conversation comes to an end, head on over to www.thefirstgenlounge.com forward slash family to join. I've even dropped a link in the show notes to make it easy for you. All right, now let's get into it. Well, hey, y'all. Hey, and welcome back. You know what I'm going to say already. So should I say it anyway? I am. It's Thursday. Thursday is a a great day. I mean, it really is. Y'all should know this by now. So I am here today with someone who is, I'm going to say, a multi-talented entrepreneur, Um, somebody who I've gotten to meet, you know, recently, and we've really hit it off and has really great energy, which I think y'all are going to feel. I have here Mache Allen, and we were just talking about his name. I love the name Mache, so I'm going to, you know, make it do what it do and and pass it on to you, Mache, and ask you, you know, who are you and and how are you and what do you do and, and all the other fun things? Okay. So, yes, my name is Mache Allen. I am the only plus size certified photographer on the planet. And I actually, I have a a stock photography site that covers black life because a lot of times, you know, as black people, especially black business owners, you have difficulty finding content of black people, you know, that says what you want said. So I want to kind of fill that gap. So I'm creating content that does that. So those are a few of the things I do. What is it that got you into this plus size photography? Because that's not something that people just wake up and say, I'm going to do. You may have, but what was your story with that? Okay, I'll say there probably were a couple moments that made it happen. So I was, I was going to put my art into, because I, you know, sometimes I shoot the stuff and then I'd gotten into a space where I was printing my art and getting it into galleries. So there was this pop-up gallery called Nude Night. And a friend of mine, you know, I was, I'd shot her before, you know, she's a a big girl and I was telling her oh I'm in New Night and I'm so happy she was like I don't like them I was like what what do you mean it's it's awesome it's great she was like they booked me to be a performer at the event and like they booked her I want to say six or seven weeks out and then a few days before they were like hey we can't get you into the cage or whatever the, you know, the, the, the thing that she was supposed to be in on the stage. So we're going to have to go ahead and, and unbook you. And mm. she was, yeah, yeah. She was telling me the story maybe a year after it happened and she still started crying. Mm. I was like, wow, you know, and, and it just made me think like, you know, I'm, I've always been an artist in terms of my work and I started moving more towards, Hey, I know I can take a good picture how can I make this a lifestyle? So I wanted to move more into the business aspect of it. And it hit me that, hey, 
you know, plus size people have money too. <laughs> <laughs> we and, do. Right. And nobody wants to shoot them. Like I would even, I used to live in Orlando and they would have these large scale photo shoots where they would have tons of models and tons of photographers. And a lot of my plus size friends would be like, nah, I ain't going because nobody wants to shoot me. And I'm like, what? So I wanted to put all my attention where it seemed as though attention wasn't being placed. Mm. And it's so interesting to me that you say plus size people have money too. While we laugh about it, plus size people have a lot of things, a lot of gifts, a lot of talents. They're still people. We're still people. Right. And, you know, I, I was telling a friend recently on one of her podcasts that I have struggled with body shift because I used to be 334 pounds and now I'm much less than 200. And so even for me, there are days when I'm like, am I even still plus size anymore? You know, it's like, oh no, you're normal size. Well, what is normal size? Because I still feel 300 plus pounds on a lot of days. I can't see me how other people see me, but my talent still hasn't changed. My ability to, you know, be intellectual or have, you know, awesome conversations to host a podcast. None of this has changed about who I am, just my body changed. So interesting that for you, though, you saw a need and you realized there was a gap and you were willing to fill it. And I imagine that you've been doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, that's the same kind of paradigm I have with the stock photography, with umbrella stock, because it's like, hey, Black people do things, too. Yes. You know, it's like I shouldn't have to hunt for an image of like my daughter's left handed, you know. So I was like, oh, there should be images if you want a picture of a little black girl who's drawing with her left hand. Mm. That shouldn't be impossible to find. You know, my wife's left handed. You should be able to find a black woman working on a computer and using a mouse left handed. That shouldn't be so or using left handed scissors. That's simple stuff. We know it exists. Yeah, but something you don't think about, right? But then I'm like, yeah. I've never even thought about that. I guess I'm, I mean, I'm right hand dominant. Right. And I just never think about the hand a person is using, but the world wasn't created for left handed people either. Right. Again, it's still one of those because they have what, a left handed scholarship. So it, right. it's looked at as something special. But you're right. And even in starting my own business, I too could not find images of black women in photo stocks. I would put in something like friends or going out or excited and nothing was me. And even further, nothing was me in plus size. Right, right. And so in that case, like, how do you speak to your audience or to your group if you don't even have what you need to do that? So amazing, again, how you feel these really needed gaps and also have done it from a place where yeah one side is business but two it comes from a place of having a connection to the experience because had you not had the friend who showed you emotion you probably wouldn't have felt too much about the plus size industry it wouldn't have been something that would have been like you know what there's something here so i commend you for that absolutely absolutely so you're first generation, of course. Everybody who comes on the show is first generation. And I, and I love that about you. Did you ever see... I mean, I love that about all the guests. <laughs> so did you ever see yourself where you are now? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, I think what, what I'll say was what's interesting is I realized that I've always felt late, you know, and then I always thought that it was a bad thing. But now I don't think it is. But just like, for instance, like I sang, but I didn't really start until I was 15. So the high school I went to was like a magnet school for performing arts. 
So mm -hmm. I felt so under the gun because everybody was so talented and I was learning how to sing, you know? So, and then even with college, you know, I graduated really late. I actually didn't graduate from college until I was married and had three children, mm. you know? So it was a lot. And then after that, I graduated from acting school, which again, this is all late. And I didn't pick up a camera for real, quote unquote, until 2012. So I've always felt late. But what that did for me is it told me that it doesn't matter when you decide to do something. There is no such thing as too late. When you get ready to do something, you do it. You do it. Yeah, you do it. Absolutely. Is there something in your life that made you want to go to college in the first place? And then, like you said, you started late. What made you even want to finish? Because some people are just like, I'm over it. I'm throwing a towel. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'll be honest. Like, it was, that was, I think with college, at least for a lot of people my age, and especially if you're black, your parents pushed you on like, hey, look, you have to do college. That is the only way to be successful. I don't know if I agree with that quite as much now, but mm -hmm. that was kind of always the push for me. And because I'd started, and, then, and of course being intelligent, you know, being smart and school being easy for me made college seem like the obvious choice. You know, mm -hmm. like when I graduated from high school, I was a, a National Merit Scholar semifinalist. And wow. I had no plans, no idea. A lot of people did that stuff for me. You're smart. You have to do this. Go talk to this person. Fill out this paperwork. Okay. You know, I'm <laughs> 17, you know, so I just listened. But as far as what drove me to finish later was, I think I'd gotten so far, less like, yo, <laughs> you, you just need to, you can't leave it undone, which I don't know if I necessarily agree with that mindset because sometimes you can leave things undone. But I think for me, I just needed to close that door and it felt great. It felt great to do it. You just you had me really excited because you said something that I really want to dig into. Sometimes you have to leave things undone. Tell us more about that because you don't hear that too often. You know, a friend of mine, you know, Facebook friend more so than, you know, person I know physically, but she was talking about how, and she's, I think she's in her late 20s maybe, so, you know, there's a lot of realizations that happen at that time, and she was talking about how she just realized that you don't have to finish everything on your plate. If you're mm. finished eating, you're finished eating. And, you know, mm. it's, it's programmed into us that if you start something, you have to finish it. But, but what if you start the wrong thing? What if you start something and then you evolve in the middle of it and realize I need to be over there? And the only reason I know that is because I started this path. You don't need to finish it. You need to go where you need to go. And, and like your path is your path. Your path is not a path. Your path is your path. So if it looks different than somebody else's, you move on. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot because I have in my mind a plate of food and we just had Thanksgiving at that. Right. <laughs> and so thinking about in the past, I used to get this really big plate and used to load it with everything. And now I get something a bit bigger than a saucer, if not a saucer. And not that I'm trying to starve myself. I just don't eat like I used to. I haven't had surgery or anything. Do we have surgery? No, I just don't eat a lot. I snack a lot. I do snack a lot. Right. And for me, when I was done, I was done. But before I would try to force myself to finish it. 
to finish the plate because in our house you don't waste food. You don't and waste food. And so interesting to think you don't waste food, but then it's so interesting to have the concept and this visual of a plate and thinking about the fact that I can go back to it if I want to, you know, because even if it's not finished, it doesn't mean I can't put it in the leftover box and get to it later. Right. That's even like the, the step further. And then even if I take the leftovers home, I can still make something different of the leftovers. Right. And how interesting to think about when it's done. To other people, it might not be done, but for you, is it is. And we have to know for ourselves when it's done. Because like you mentioned, there were people in your life who told you, do this, and Mache, do that, and do this. And you're like, yeah, okay, okay. And somebody may have said, oh, you're not finished. You got to keep going. And had you still been the same person, you would have listened. Right. So kudos to you for evolution. So even thinking about, you know, as I said, just evolution itself, how have you evolved you know, as a, especially as an adult, as a, as a married person, someone with children, as an entrepreneur, you know, since getting out of school, what have been some of the major life lessons that you've learned that you just maybe wish somebody would have told you? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so many to name, right? <laughs> so many right. to name. But uh, definitely investment and, and entrepreneurship are important. Um, well, okay. Entrepreneurship may not be for everyone, but definitely investment. You know, and there are things that I, I wish I'd known. And now I, you know, interact with 20 year olds and I'm like, yo, you have to get this. You know, there are things that you can do now that can retire you by 35. And I'm not not even mm. talking from an MLM standpoint or anything. But seriously, there's basic small things you can do and small changes you can make that could impact your life in a major way. You know, that's that's one thing. And I think the the other thing is, and I, I mean, I'm moving with the world. So again, go back to our parents, your parents, you got you a good job with the county, the city or whoever was going to give you a pension and you stay there for 30 or 40 years and you're good to go when you're done. And because that does right. not exist anymore, our parents tend to still push us in that direction, but th- it's not there. So, so now my mindset, and this is, you know, this might be dangerous for some, but my mindset is that my dedication and my allegiance is to the seven people in my home. Yeah, we got five kids. So <laughs> that is my allegiance, not to a job. So I will work the job as long as it serves the needs of the seven people in my home. Once it no longer does that, then I make adjustments. Mm, I can dig that. Let's go back a quick minute, though, because you said something again about the investment and retiring at 35. If you could give us examples of what you mean by that, what, what would you what do you mean by that? I am bent out of shape right now about. OK, so, you know, we are, we're always told the American dream is to buy a home, own your home. And I'm like, somebody told me something the other day. And I'm like, <gasps> absolutely not. I don't want to own a home. I want to mm. own a fourplex. I will live Ooh. in one side and rent out the other three and never, ever pay mortgage again or rent in my life. I'm like, yes. oh, my goodness. And, and like, that's something that you could reach for at that age. At that age, you could be aiming for home ownership. But instead of buying a home, you could buy a multifamily property and then you're done. Can you imagine if you don't have to pay rent or mortgage? <laughs> Ever again? It, it, what's great about this, this is accessible to everybody. This isn't some type of, I'm not trying to sell you something. There's nothing going to happen at the end of this podcast to point you towards me to give me money or to make that happen for you. You can go do that on your own <laughs> now. 
I'm like, wow. And that's, that's something that a 20-year-old can aim for because a 20-year-old would aim for home ownership. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. I listened to a, a podcast recently. Funny you mentioned that. And the young man said that's exactly what he did. He actually got like a duplex. Like a duplex. Mm-hmm. And he rented out half of it. But then for the other half, he Airbnb'd it. Oh, my and goodness. He's, and he stayed on the couch. Wow. So, yeah. So between... So it was a shared Airbnb. You get the room, you get the space, of course, and he would sleep on the couch. So right. between the <laughs> the duplex being paid for and the rental the Airbnb, he was coming out a thousand dollars a month on the on the good oh end, and, and he would pocket. I'm supposed to be letting you talk. Four hundred, right? I can't. I'm freaking out. <laughs> oh no, no, it's a conversation. We're having we're having a conversation. Like I mean, it's oh, cool. It's so totally cool. This is fine. I love the I love the naturalness, the reaction. So he had a thousand in surplus. He put three or four hundred dollars in reserves, and the other six hundred was for him to invest. So My he just goodness. saved money and moved out of that, rented the other part of the duplex, and he moved into a townhouse. Okay. Okay. And did the same thing. Whereas this time he had two, three roommates. He slept on the couch mm-hmm. and he took that money and paid the mortgage, took the surplus, put some in reserve and then did the, did with the other part, like just investing it. And I was thinking to myself, holy crap. So you're so you saying this is like, Ooh. oh, my gosh, the things that people just didn't tell us. Here's the you dream. Know, yeah, I keep seeing, you know, because you, you want the, the massive, the amazing house, right? So I see this like a 94 unit apartment complex here where I am. Mm, mm-hmm. So that's probably like, I don't know, maybe seven or eight floors. And mm. it's 13 million bucks, which Ooh. sounds like a lot. But the mortgage on $13 million is, I think, between ten and $20,000 a month, right? Mm. But the rent collected is like $40,000 a month. Mm. Right? So I'm like, mm. if I get that, I own the top floor. That's mm. my house. I have a Your penthouse. thousand <laughs> square <laughs> foot home. <laughs> mm. Why are you living in an apartment? Okay, you come up the elevator and you You going to see. <laughs> you come directly into my house. Like, mm. that's the dream for me. Mm, I love that. I really do because you don't think traditionally about what the dream is. People want white picket fences and the dogs and the house on the hill. And for you, it's like, and because I, I love being in the city. So if I had a dream about what my ideal house looked like, it would have been something like that in a high rise in the city. Something that, you know, before I got married or had even considered married, I was like, yeah, I'm going to have a townhouse in the downtown area one day and just be living my best life. But now I, I think about a, a little, you know, a little house and some land every now and then. But for what it's worth, though, you know, you wa- have you watched Power? I haven't watched Power. You haven't no. watched Power? No worries. Looking, your black car's not revoked. But definitely <laughs> thinking about. <laughs> but definitely thinking about just how he had this again, this beautiful, magnificent view of the city in the top floor in the penthouse. And I'm like, gosh, I can feel that. It just gives you an energy. So I love your dream, and Michelle, I'm looking forward to you making this happen in the next five years or so. Me too. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. <laughs> like you want to bite me down so I can come sit the house too because it's like, wow, Let's that's go. that's. And then, the, and then you're not having to pay for. Rent. You're not having uh, to pay the mortgage. Right. And then 
minus having to pay for employees and maintenance workers and stuff like that you're still coming out on the upside of things granted that things go well and so again things that people don't tell us I I don't remember having conversations about real estate about stocks and bonds just ways to invest and how to flip your money when I was growing up and that's not to say that my family did anything wrong but you don't know what you don't know they did what they knew they did what they knew right so what I try to do like you know kids you know people my age fuss about kids being on YouTube all the time. I'm not fighting it. I try and, you know, being a parent is difficult, but I do try to at least a couple times a week say, hey, y'all have a seat. Let me show you this. And I, I said, and I'll tell them, you may not understand all of this. You can ask me questions, but I'm going to show it to you so it, at least it's in your head. So my kids are getting real estate. They're getting black history. They're getting yes. stocks. I I was like, you know what? They need to know what their daddy does. So I showed them a video on color theory just so they have an idea of the world that their parents live in, you know, from a business and a socioeconomic social standpoint. I I don't want them to just kind of float through and get what they get from school, you know? Mm, Absolutely. It's my job to educate them too. And so like how we're saying, oh, I wish someone would have told me, I'm trying to tell them now, like, I want my kids to actually, I wanted to get to the point where you don't have to ask mommy and daddy for money because you have a business. Yep. You, you know, know how to make your own. Yeah. You how to make your own. So thinking even of, you know, you're talking about having, having your children on what you're teaching them. What other plans do you have in terms of leaving your legacy or passing your business down? Are there things that you're doing with that? Well, I'm trying to build it myself. So I haven't my kids do understand like they'll oh daddy you're making a t-shirt now you know and I want them to understand that money is something that you can go get and you don't have to go ask a person for because that's what you do when you have a job when you have a job you say hey I have some time you have some money can we exchange you know whereas when you're a business owner you say you have money and I have something that you want and I'll give it to you if you give me that money and it doesn't matter you'll take the money from anybody Whereas with mm. a job, you're stuck with, well, I just got to get money from these people and I can't do anything else. So I do want my kids to understand that. And uh, this, is, this is not what we're talking about. But one thing we do that we like is we try to, whenever they do something, we have email addresses for all of our kids. Mm-hmm. So we will type them a little note and send it to them. Because I'm sure you've probably heard stories of, oh, you know, when you were younger, you did or you said X, Y, and Z. I think it's different for them to see it in the moment. And we're not going to give them, like, we're going to give them the keys, quote unquote, to the email once they turn 18. So this is the story of your life through our eyes in the moment at the time, you know what I mean, while you grew up. And it might be a little overwhelming for an 18 year old, but I think it's a different way for them to see us, you know, Mm. because it's like, it's not this kind of a legendized, if you will, story of what happened. No, I'm telling you what happened that day and how I felt and what was going on with me and what was going on with you. Mm, That is dope. (laughs) I have not heard of that at all. And I'm like, oh man, what a way one to use technology to preserve the moment and not in a way that's public like social media. Right, right. But also in a way that it's kind of like them getting, what are those things called? Trust funds and stuff. You know, you turn 18, right. you get it. So it's still right. just thinking about this gift that you're giving them of memories that unless they just delete the account or do something bizarre or something happens with the internet by some crazy happenstance that right. they have, that is creative. There are going to be some people doing it after they hear this. 
Gosh, that is really, really awesome. Mm, so yeah, that's not a side like that wasn't a sidebar, but that really threw me because I'm thinking of all the things that I could have done. Again, all the things I could have done with even my nieces and nephews, just from the, the aunt's perspective, because I don't have children yet, but also it gives me an idea if I do have children, hey, that might be something to consider. Right, right. Yeah. So tell us too, just thinking, because you are clearly a, a man who knows much and I can appreciate that. Are there any any books that you've read or anything that you're reading now that you'd want to scream to the masses that they need to read? Let me see. I like Purple Cow. Purple Cow talks Purple about- Cow. Yeah, yeah, check it out. It talks about the idea of not just being good at what you do, because there's tons of people being good at what they do, but it talks about being spectacular and standing out, you know? So I like that, because, oh, so, and just, just to note, like this year, I really tried hard to knock out a book a week, you know, which I did not, but I read more books than I normally do and more books than most people do, because the, the more you read, you know, the more information you have to move from. Another book I liked was Biology, and it's spelled B-U-Y-ology. And it talks about the mental processes or what goes on in people's brains, like actually studied neuroscientists level what goes on in their brains when they make purchases. They even talked about one thing where, you know, you know, you would do the thing where you try to discourage people from smoking and they would put pictures of like in other countries, they put pictures of lung cancer and all that stuff on cigarettes. That actually made smokers hmm. want to smoke more. <laughs> what? Because they associate that with smoking. So hmm. because I want to smoke, when I see a thing that's associated with smoking, even though it's a negative thing, I still want to smoke. And so it really gave you a, a neuroscientist's view on how to work with people in, in terms of sales. And it, it felt wrong <laughs> because you're manipulating people on a microscopic level. You're not, you know, it's like, oh man, but if you're in sales, you know, you need all the, all the tricks you can get. So, and then I like when I was a psych minor, so anything neuroscience, neuroscience was my favorite class. Neuropsych was my favorite class. So anything that leans into that way is good. And right now I'm finishing, it's taking me forever, but how to make a good brain great. And same thing, neuroscience, it talks about the things that detract from brain activity, the things that add to it, even from a diet standpoint, like mm -hmm. what you eat, you know, and feeding, because it's like a, if it's healthy for the heart, it's healthy for the brain because the brain needs blood and oxygen. I'm going to have to check out all of those because <laughs> I haven't heard of either of them. And I'm like, oh, OK, something I've done the same. I've read more this year than I have since I've done a grad school. And for me, it was realizing People write books because they have tools to give people. And if you just read a book, read several books, you can learn a whole lot. Yeah. There are a lot of answers for things in books. And if you can triangulate what you're learning, so that means take pieces from each thing. You could build whatever you want to build and know whatever you want to know, no matter what it's about. Right. And, you know, it's so fascinating. And I felt felt so enlightened this year. I thought about doing this thing for next year to read 33 books, you know, not such a random number, but is, you know, but I, I wanted to just see if I can get through those 33 because like you said, people don't read anymore. They scroll on social media. They use their thumb to get everything. They yeah. see quick quotes or maybe listen to music, but your brain does something different when you read, when you actually read, not audio book, but read. I'm going to tell you though, I, I love the audio books and that's my trick to get through a lot of books 
Mm-hmm. Not only do I do an audio book, so it's something I can do on a commute, I speed it up. Speed it up? Really? Oh, absolutely. You can you can listen to a book at one and a half. Like, they do 1.25, 1.5, and 2. 2 is pushing it two times, you know, the speed. But one and a half, 1.25, oh, yeah. So if you want to get to that 33 and there's a book where you're like, okay, I don't need to sit with this book. I can hmm. I can actually kind of just glean. Mm-hmm. And you got a you got a decent commute too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You better get to it. And that's so funny. So look, no judgment to you at all, because I know I'm all for books. I bought hard copies of books, but it also fits my learning style. So let me say that because well, hard I copy, am. I just do comic books. <laughs> comic book. Oh well, oh, check yeah. that out. Right. I am. I'm kinesthetic in my learning style, and I can listen because I have listened to a few audio books, but I've also purchased them. Okay. To have them, to sit with them, to highlight, to write in the margins. That's the kind of reader, for like a better word, that I am. And But I realize, too, for me, it's having those aha moments. Like, I can hear something, but it sticks more when I do something with it. So let me say that. So that's also the educator in me. Gotcha. But I ain't mad at you for doing an audiobook. So I ain't going to say you cheat, neither. But I will say that the experience of just getting the knowledge, period, I'm pro that. So I'm, I'm clapping for you. I'm clapping for you, Michelle. For, I am, for real, for real. I, I take that. I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome sauce. So thinking about what's next for you, what is the future looking like beyond the multi-million dollar property that you're going to have? You know, what are other things that you're hoping to come to life? Okay. So I am leaning really heavily into just growing umbrella stock, you know, and right now we're just supporting still images and in the, you know, in the near future, we'll be supporting video footage as well, because that's something that's needed for, for websites, but also films. Like if you ever watch a film and you watch the credits all the way to the end, you'll see Shutterstock and Getty are there because Mm. if I shot the film in Indiana and it's set in Miami, I'm not going to Miami to shoot the skyline. I'm just going to get footage. Mm. You know, hmm. so I want to create like my goal is actually on every platform and in every way represent black people accurately and properly. Because, again, it's sometimes very difficult for, you know, people like you, you know, and other people to find imagery of black people. That's like, this is what I think black people are. Why can't mm-hmm. I find an image like this? But there's tons of images like that of white people, you know, and I want to change that. Mm, I definitely think you will. You are already changing it. So it's just a matter of continuing to go and continue to spread the word about what you're doing as well. So I love that. I love that. We're at a point now we're going to have to wrap up, friend. And this has been good. The conversation took several turns that always, (laughs) like, I'm just like, I didn't think we were going to go there. But that's what I love about how we come onto the show. We get on him. We talk. It's, you know, we're just two friends talking, catching up and to even get on just the magnitude of what you've learned and how you've evolved and, and just the knowledge that you've been able to spread to get people to think I appreciate that. So that last and final question for you. And again, and I tell people also, it's my favorite question because it's the one that just really makes you think. What, if anything, like one word of advice, one thought, one quote, one message, or just that one thing, would you want to leave us with to carry with us for the rest of our lives? Like I said, never too late. You can do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it, regardless of age. You know, and, you know, don't let anything stop you, not even yourself. Mm. I know that's real. Don't let anything stop you. When sometimes we stop ourselves more than everybody else does. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> Where in the social space can the good folks find you, friend? Okay, so you can go to umbrellastock.com. I believe on Twitter, I am you stock images. 
and it's uh, I believe it's Umbrella Stock as well on Instagram. I'm supposed to know this stuff cold, right? But yeah, and as a photographer, you can find me at a sharp photo.biz and on all platforms it's at a sharp photo awesome awesome well somebody's going to find you because we have creatives that tune into the show i know and again one thing i love about the diversity of guests is that you all bring a different flavor you all bring a different strength your thought process is different and and i love that you can resonate with somebody who's like hey i want to do that too i'm going to do that as well because though you have education and I know that you've utilized it and utilize it. You're still doing things that make you happy and that's important. Right. So, Michelle, thank you again for your time, for your energy, for your wisdom. You have been a joy and we are here to support you in all your endeavors ahead. So wishing you the best of luck and thank you. Well, thank you, Dr. Hudson. Before you go, I just want to take the time and say thank you again for tuning in, for being in this space. I really appreciate you. Now, if any part of the show did anything for you, then pass the word tell a friend you know text email dm let them know about the first gen lounge so we can continue to inspire others that are around us i want you to come back and kick it again but in the meantime keep pressing forward